Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. So one thing that I wish I could do better is draw. Many people might know that the extent of my drawing skills consists of poorly drawn stick figures, but Inca Siojo can do so much more than stick figures, and I'm super jealous of that. In fact, if you've ever flipped through the Beast of Catholic newspaper, you've probably come across her artwork and drawings and illustrations. Inca is part of the communications team at the Archdiocese of Vancouver, and her work consists of creating eye-catching images to accompany the stories. Together, we talk about Inca's love for drawing, the dreams she once had about working at Pixar, and how God brought it all together so that she could use her artwork for his glory. Hello, Inca. Hello. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, it's fall here in Vancouver, but we're in a very... You were saying that it's almost like being in Hawaii. Yes, almost so warmer. <laughs> so thank you for joining me uh, on The Feminine Genius. I was wondering if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and just share a little bit about what you do right now. Well, my name is Inka. I am an artist. I work as a graphic designer by day, and I hopefully get to paint and illustrate outside work. Mm -hmm. I do work as part of the communications team at the Archdiocese of Vancouver right now. So I do the layout for the BC Catholic newspaper, and I also do design for other marketing pieces or communication pieces that they need. And if anyone is in the Archdiocese, if you've like flipped through the BC Catholic or if you follow them on social media, you probably have come across Inca's work. I can say from experiencing it myself, it is absolutely beautiful. Thank so you. <laughs> thank you for what you do and thank you for just adding that extra piece because as much as I love like text, like that's my first thing because I can't mm. draw to save my <laughs> life. So text and prose is my life. Just an illustration to add to the text can add so much depth mm -hmm. to a piece. So yeah. I really appreciate what it is that you do, especially because I know that I can't do it. So <laughs> well, I can't write, so it works well. <laughs> there we go. We're a team. Yes, exactly. Um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about you know your personal faith journey and you know how you've come to be where you are now. Mm -hmm. Well, I grew up, I was born and raised Catholic. I grew up in the Philippines, so it's pretty typical for most people there to be Catholic. Mm -hmm. And I went to a private girls' school, which is also pretty common, Catholic school, all the way up until university there. But I would say I wasn't really serious about my faith at that point. It just felt like, oh, we have to go to Sunday Mass, or we have the statue of Mother Mary in the house that's traveling, and now we have to do the rosary every single day. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like I didn't pray to God, but it's just I wasn't serious about my faith. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 19, halfway through university in the Philippines, my family moved to Canada. We moved in the dead of winter between Christmas Day and New Year's. And when we arrived, it was so dark and so cold. And it was just such a shock to come from, you know, it's like it's very lively back in Manila. It's midnight, you'd still hear some noises. Then I'd arrive here and it's dead quiet. <laughs> 
And I think that was when I think I was starting to kind of search where my faith was. I needed something to anchor me. I was also in a long distance relationship at that time. And so a year or two after I moved here, the relationship ended and then I didn't really have very close friends here yet. So I felt like in a way, God was also using that opportunity to say to me like, okay, well, now you're in a place where you don't really know anyone that you can relate with or pour your heart out to except for your family then the relationship is gone and just having to start a whole new thing I felt like I needed to be connected with him more and the amazing thing was that a week exactly a week before the relationship ended I met my friends who were part of this Christian community and right now I would say that they're like my best friends already and they've helped me through that journey and it's like I felt God gave me that safety net Mm-hmm. To say that, hey, I'm here, even if you feel like you're not close to me now, I'm literally here and I'm providing for you and I'm providing for what you need at this point. Yeah, so I became involved in a group called University Christian Outreach, which is more ecumenical, I would say. And I was starting to see more, well, where does Jesus really stand in my life? Mm-hmm. And one of my dreams growing up was to be working for Pixar or Disney Studios. Um, But I think because I had to start over university here, I was also thinking, I'm getting older. I don't really want to keep studying. (laughs) Plus, it'll probably take more time to try to get my portfolio up to that level to work for them. Mm -hmm. But I think at that point, too, I just started questioning more where my skills were in terms of faith. Mm -hmm. So I got to volunteer at a CGI conference in Vancouver and we were able to attend like a mini session by a Pixar lighting artist. So it was great. It was amazing. And he was talking about the process that they have and all of this showing us these cool things. And somebody asked him towards the end of the volunteer said, well, what's it like working at Pixar? And then he said, well, if you want to work for Pixar, you got to say goodbye to the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that extreme. But I think in my mind, well, I want to have a family. I want to be able to still serve my community and be part of my church. So how does that fit all together? Mm -hmm. And I think that was when I started feeling like God was calling me to use my talents for ministry. Mm -hmm. So after I graduated, I was still working in retail. And then three months in, I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how else to grow my portfolio. Instagram wasn't a thing yet. There was really no way you would like, <laughs> promote your work, yeah. except you make a website. Mm-hmm. So I saw a job posting at a ministry called Focus on the Family Canada, which is in Langley. It was for a higher position as a designer. And I thought, you know what? I'm definitely not there yet, but I'm just going to try and see what happens. And they hired me. And to me, like, that was a big deal. I remember I was so nervous going to the interviews and I was just singing praise music to myself at the bus stop after every single interview. (laughs) But it was a really good experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I was able to work alongside other Christians and just be able to live out the ecumenical part of being a Catholic and able, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to share about my tradition, but also learn from their tradition and just see, well, how can we work together as Christians? And since a lot, there was a lot of creative work being done there, we had like a French magazine, I was able to do illustrations for that. And I think that's what helped me get back to illustration, especially children's illustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I spent five years there. And then now 
work for the archdiocese. Wow. Well, praise God. And mm-hmm. and I think too, like what I what I hear from all of that is that like there's this this dream and this desire and yearning, you know, mm-hmm. for like this like this huge goal, for example. So for you it's to work for Pixar. Right. And and there is something striking about that where it's like when you're working for a company with a name like that mm-hmm. um, and it has such international reach and exposure mm-hmm. and then to hear someone on the inside say like you have to say goodbye to your family pretty right. much or something to that mm-hmm. effect, say goodbye to the life that you once knew. What was it about that where you were just like, I have these dreams and mm-hmm. these aspirations to work for them, for Pixar, but also to pursue family like what was that like like inside of you just to kind of hear that from someone on the inside right I remember feeling quite bothered (laughs) leaving that conference and I felt like there's definitely a shift in me thinking is this what I really want for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. like do I want to make cool things for 20 you know 24 7 or most of the day and then not have time for family time for Jesus time for community and faith and all these things like is that the life I envision to live and mm-hmm. it just wasn't and I just thought it's not I don't think this is worth it right yeah again maybe it's a joke but again <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> absolutely yeah and I think too it's one of the things that I kind of chuckled to myself about yeah. as I'm listening to you tell your story is that you went from hearing this, it's like, oh, say goodbye to your life, say, say goodbye to your family. Mm-hmm. And then you go and work for Focus on the Family, yeah. <laughs> exactly. which as we know, it's like they do a lot of you know family work mm-hmm. and they, um, they really try and build up a culture of a Christian family and whatnot. Yes. And I'm like, that yeah. is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know in terms of um, you're mentioning that you're part of University Christian Outreach, mm-hmm. and then you worked at Focus on the Family. So the ecumenical aspect, how has that impacted your faith and mm-hmm. maybe has challenged it in a way? We believe that we all serve the same God. Mm-hmm. But however, there has been, you know, from time to time, there is disagreement. And right. that's why we have all the different denominations of Christianity that mm-hmm. we do now. Right. Um, and it can be very confusing. And I know that for myself, it's like I'm definitely not as in tune or aware mm-hmm. of where different denominations stand. But right. how has that helped you to grow maybe deeper in your faith? Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, when I was working at Focus on the Family, we did have morning prayer every day of the week. And you could literally volunteer to lead the morning prayer. And so one time I just stepped in for someone. I just read something. But that got me in the loop of the morning prayer circle. (laughs) Um, You have been called. Exactly. (laughs) I wasn't ready, but... Um, I think that definitely pushed me to be able to share about my tradition a little more. Um, And obviously I've had questions and it pushed me to understand that even the common questions like, do Catholics pray to saints? That's not true. So I had to even go back to what I know and see like, well, what answer can I give them and what is the truth? Mm -hmm. Um, What also helped me was I've, built very deep friendships with some of the women I've worked with. And right now I still chat with them, even if they're no longer at Focus. Um, And it's just awesome to hear how God is working in their lives and just also their devotion to the Lord and be able to like share that with each other and realize that it doesn't matter what tradition you come from, as long as your heart is, you know, running towards God. And I think hearing them it helps me be reminded of where I am in my journey and knowing that God is also like running towards me mm-hmm. um yeah I think 
being in the ecumenical context has just taught me how to love and to be loved by other Christian brothers and sisters. Like it's not contained to like, well, if you're from a parish, that's it. Or you don't think about saints, well, that's it. It's, there's no line like that. It's just, you know, God loves us and we love each other. And that's how they'll know that we are Christians, by love for each other. So that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that inspires me too, just to learn more about not just like other denominations, but then also, like you say, it's like to kind of go back to what it is that I know and believe in really strengthen my own understanding mm-hmm. on that. So yeah. that's wonderful. In terms of illustrations, mm-hmm. and uh, you were mentioning earlier, just before we got started, that yeah. you do some painting, you do some drawing. Where did all of this start? Like, how did you know that you could do more than just stick figures? Because that's <laughs> the extent of my artwork. <laughs> Many people can mm-hmm. affirm that. Mm-hmm. But how did you know that you could do more than that? I think I've always just loved drawing and I've always loved reading comics and watching Disney movies, of course. Um, yeah, my parents kept some of my drawings as a kid and some of them were like weird alien rabbits and then they have these speech bubbles of the language that you can't even understand. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of it was encouragement from my family. Like They knew that I was very interested in it and they could see that it's something that I would just do on my own. Even I remember when we moved here, so I had to restart, you know, go through university again. I was somehow caught in the middle of, well, what should I do? I feel like I have a second chance at university. Should I still go through with design or should I do, I don't know, psychology or something? Mm -hmm. But I think my parents really encouraged me. Like they said, it seems like you really enjoy, you know, the creative side of things. And it seems like it's something that you could actually grow. So Mm -hmm. why don't you like push for that so I would say encouragement from people around you is very affirming and we were joking earlier that uh, we're recording not in Hawaii but we're actually Mm -hmm. at a study room at your old university Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your time at SFU and what you studied Um, so I did study this at the School of Interactive Arts and Technology or SEAT for short Mm -hmm. Um, my focus was in new media so we did a lot of video actually not that much illustration mm-hmm. um i got more of my design and illustration training towards the end i did a couple of courses in publishing um and then after school i also did a course at emily carr um, for picture book illustration oh so i think awesome. here it was more of building on skills and reasoning and critical thinking behind um, art and design and technology and then it was after that that I really was able to hone those skills. Yeah. And you were mentioning earlier that you do a lot of, like, children's illustrations. Mm-hmm. So now I, I can, in my mind, like, yeah. all of the connections are starting to yeah. come together <laughs> in terms of this enjoyment of doing that, but then also your time at Emily Carr. And I was wondering if you could share maybe some of the uh, response that you've gotten from mm-hmm. any type of illustration that you've done. Actually, I didn't find my style until after I took the course at Emily Carr. We were our first assignment was to do to draw faces for ten minutes, and they couldn't be the same face, and you couldn't overthink it. You just had to keep drawing on a sheet of paper. And then I started finding out, okay, this is the kind of thing that I want my drawings to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think children's illustrations. What comes into that for me, at least, is I like 
the simplicity and the innocence and the joy that mm-hmm. kind of shines through those things. Even how emotions are kind of simplified in a certain way. It doesn't seem like such a complex photo or a film. It's like you you get something in one moment, in one drawing. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of responses that I got, I've just been very affirmed, I guess. A lot of people do love them. I know people who aren't my audience if they say something looks cartoony. But in my mind, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not meant for those people. It's mm-hmm. meant for either children to enjoy or young parents or just somebody who wants a drawing for the child's room. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that you started to dabble into doing commissions mm-hmm. uh, and starting to create artwork for people um, just upon request. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if you could share a little bit about that and where people can find your work. Right. If they want a copy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've only done a few commissions so far. Obviously, it depends on my schedule, too. For sure. Um, I've done couple of things for friends weddings um, but also I think my favorite commission pieces were for my nephew's bedrooms they were this was like three years ago so they were much younger um, and each piece probably took 16 hours each at the very least but I just enjoyed doing it so much and mm-hmm. just trying to capture their personality and the things that they love in one illustration mm-hmm. and yeah like if you want to commission me you can find my stuff <laughs> On Instagram.com slash Inca Inks. In terms of like being able to live out your faith Mm -hmm. through the work that you do, because I think that so many times what really strikes me as I've been listening to your story, as we've been chatting, is that it's such a blessing, I think, for a lot of people to be able to work in the field that they study. Mm -hmm. For Catholics, there's that added layer of, are you able to work in a field that you've studied, but also in a place that really helps you to grow in your faith? Mm -hmm. Because I know that so many times, and I think it's okay to work in secular workplaces, but so many times it can be challenging. It can Mm -hmm. be daunting to bring up your faith or talk about your faith openly in that type of setting. Right. So... You know, having worked at Focus on the Family and now working at the Archdiocese, doing illustration work and mm-hmm. communications, design work, how has all of that just helped you to grow? I think going back, like whenever I create anything, I feel like to me, I feel like I'm co-creating with God and I feel like he's with me. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever I'm creating something illustrate or illustrating something, it feels like I am the essence of who God made me to be like you know bringing life to something and hopefully communicating the joy of the faith through each artwork or each piece that I make and it's been such a great experience to be able to do what I love to do and also what my heart is seeking for which is faith and you know reviving the church through the smallest things it might just be a small illustration on social media but to me it's a big deal to know that hey this could still help somebody in their journey towards Christ. And to have all those things intersect is such a huge blessing. Sometimes I do forget. Sometimes I need to be reminded of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I need to sometimes be reminded to go back to my first love, who's Jesus. And that's why I create. It's not for my own glory or whatever. And sometimes I could go there if I'm not careful. So I have to Mm -hmm. feel a litany of humility. Yeah, I think having the faith aspect keeps me grounded in that. 
it keeps me grounded in knowing that I have my talents because of God, not from my own doing. Mm. And the litany of humility, it's such a good prayer, like a real big part of my conversion mm-hmm. story. So I'll have to share that with listeners as well. And and I think like, you know, that is a perfect segue into just talking about the feminine genius. Mm-hmm. And I know that we were kind of chatting about that yeah. earlier and just being like, oh, like, what does it mean? Like, right. What is the feminine genius? And, mm-hmm. and I think maybe from your perspective, what does it mean? And how have you seen your own feminine genius grow? Right. Well, feminine genius, I feel like it's a lot of things, especially with the theological writings. I don't fully comprehend that. But I think whenever I think of feminine genius, I always remember um, St. John Paul II's letter to women and how he was saying how women are all meant to nurture life, whether it's actual life as in you're a birth mother or you're a spiritual mother, where you're nurturing the souls of other women or other people as well. And I think the way that I get to live out my feminine genius is to bring life through art and hopefully help people grow through those pieces, through creating and showing them the joy in our faith, the joy that can only be found in Jesus. Yeah, so I would say nurturing life, you know, bringing life to things, hopefully reviving people. Because I think one thing that's been on my heart this whole year is just the idea that a lot of people are asleep in their faith Mm -hmm. or have forgotten where they are. And I think... Part of being able to do what I get to do, it's like I want to wake people up and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Or like, hey, there's life in this. Like the church may seem old or boring or traditional or conservative and all those other things. But like real life just comes from Jesus. Like, you know, in John 10, 10, he says, I came that they may have life and live it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that the work I get to do communicates that message somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I agree. Like, I think that maybe the misconception, especially from the outside secular world, is that the church is a a very old, even some people would go as say, oppressive structure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like we know as Catholics that like, you know, first and foremost, it's not the case. And scripture verse that you pull from uh, the Gospel of John is evidence of that and also Mm -hmm. just recognizing that jesus is past present and future Mm -hmm. like he transcends time and there is this revitalization of the church right now especially among young people doing creative things Mm -hmm. i think artists will save the world and he also (laughs) and you know saint john paul too also has that letter to artists as well so inca it's just been such a joy to chat with you and to learn more about your stuff are there any other places that people can find your work and art subscribe to the bc catholic that's, <laughs> that's <right>. the other plugin <laughs> that's right yes yes and of course you should follow inca on her instagram which is inca inks and that's i-n-c-a-i-n-k-s yes. so and i'll leave a link to that in the show notes but again thank you inca thank you for having me Thank you again to Inka Siojo for joining us on this week of the Feminine Genius Podcast. If you want to check out Inka's artwork or get in touch with her for our commission, you can find her on Instagram at Inka Inks. That's I-N-C-A-I-N-K-S. I've left a link to her Instagram in our show notes. And be sure to check out the show notes for some of my personal favorites of Inka's work. 
As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. You can listen and subscribe to The Feminine Genius wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. We'll talk to you next week, and God bless always.